Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Pete, and we have Dixon back with us. And we are doing another three-game series where Dixon and I choose a keyword and a master, and we go three games, winner-take-all, best of three, and we see kind of how the keyword comes about it, uh, which keyword maybe dominates it, or if it's an even matchup, or if it was just kind of maybe some bad things happen. So uh, this time, Dixon, what are the two uh, two masters that we decided to play? I'm still salty. Tall and Pandora <laughs> this time, because I, I I wanted to prepare. Like, I wanted this game to be, like, rough. I was like, all right, let me, let me, let me pick up Pandora and, and, and throw everything I, I can at him. And, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I was playing the Guild Tall, and you were playing the Neverborn Pandora. So, yeah, we'll see how kind of that, that panned out. But before we get into it, make sure that you guys are checking us out on Discord. You can check us out on Twitter. Uh, we have also our YouTube channel. Now that things are hopefully slowing down with the house, I'll be able to put a couple more videos up there from the last couple episodes. And then finally, if you want to support us directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash ragebitwire, where you can support us for as little as a dollar. And yeah, we're, we'll just get straight into this because I like these episodes because they're pretty, pretty down and dirty. Like we just kind of get into what happened in the games and how ticked off we are and some strong things, some bad things, good models, bad models. So we definitely get into a lot of it. So I will say one thing before we get into the three games, there's basically two purposes that Dixon and I kind of, when we go into these series, we kind of state. So for this series, it was kind of like, all right, this is the good stuff. Let's see how good it is. That was this kind of series. So it was kind of like Dixon and I just kind of smashing just yeah. each other in the face and trying to trying to win it. Like you're just trying to yes. like try to game the game, trying to win the thing. In the first game, I, w- I was... I was specifically trying to figure out the matchup. I was like, all right, I'm going to lose yeah. this one, but I'm going to try to figure out, like, what's the order of things? What's the, the, the priority that you have to kill this model? This is the priority right here. So he has to die because this has to happen for him to get points. Yep. So, yeah, usually that's how that's how it goes for me in the, the three games. First game, I'm learning the matchup. It's like it's like the uh, shadow boxing or scouting report. You got to figure out what's what. Yeah. And then the next series we're going to do though, it's a little different because it's more of an educational series. Like we're still going to try to win it. Right. But like I'm playing Bass, which I have no games with Bass, and I'm actually the first game I'm trying the title, which I have. I've seen the original. I've played against it. Yeah. I've never seen the title, so that's more like okay. Let's figure out what this does, and then you're playing the angler 
which you're still trying to figure out. Yes. Yeah, that's... I, there's so many things that I like about Angler. That's the reason why I want to figure it out. But, like, uh, I got... I don't know. I forgot how many games. I know that I have more than five games with them. Yeah, you have, like, five or six. Yeah, I, I know more than that by this point. It, it's just... It, it was frustrating. I figured, I was like, no, no, no. It took me like 30 games to get Sorita down. So I'm just going to keep well, on the time. Weren't you playing them and then you got smashed by Teary or Jackdaw with Jackdaw. like Teary stuff Jackdaw. in there? Jackdaw. Jeremy, uh, it's <laughs> a fell from Virginia, actually. Oh, Maryland. He <laughs> he played me in Vassal and it was hilarious because I was like, as soon, as soon as he, he clicked in Jackdaw, I was like, oh, crap. I have to like redo the entire list to try to figure out how to beat yeah. it man it, it didn't yeah. it didn't help oh good lord no no because like even hmm. even if you get ruthless and stealth which was the two things that i try to figure out for the matchup uh you yeah. have to have decent uh willpowers and you can't do that because it's by you <laughs> you can't have stealth and decent willpower so but yeah like it, it was it was horrifying like in many many ways, yeah. I didn't have to deal with the, the terrifying checks, but everything I had was cursed. Everything was dying left and right. My master was getting pummeled. It was ridiculous. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you told me about it, and I was like, "Yep, that sounds like a rough day." Yeah, so I'm not expecting to like to do well at all uh, against Bass. Uh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try because uh, the stealth mechanic is still there, and Bass is mostly a gun. So I'm going to see if I can actually put that into perspective for the games. We'll get into kind of the first game here. So the pool that we ended up having to play into, it was actually carve a path and it was carve a path out of corner. Right. So that can be interesting for some crews. <laughs> and uh, the schemes were secret meetups, spread them out, catch and release, uh, sabotage and in your face. Yeah. So looking at that, Dixon, you ended up bringing... Pandora won because she's kind of your gal. She, You have a lot of reps with her. I'm sure it feels kind of like that nice, well-formed glove that just, you know, you can, you can just play any day and feel okay about it. Right, right. And like I said, I was trying to learn the matchup. So I, it was interesting. Uh, she, in, in general, Woe seems to have a very good scalpel for the wall in Watson. If... You know, if you're careful about it. So anybody that has like really good willpower attacks or AOEs or indirect damage, they they're actually yeah. very good against the wall. Yeah, and you ended up bringing the Poltergeist, Carver, Candy, Iggy, Mysterious Emissary, and the Kurgan. Yep. And then I actually ended up bringing uh, Tull Dead Silent, so I actually brought the title for Tull. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, he has his two walking cannons, the King's Wall. Uh, I brought. Uh, Loaza Fusi, and then I brought John Watson with Leadline Coat because that seems like a good idea. I tried a Guild Lawyer out with this title version, and then two Sappers, and yeah, I mean that that seemed like a solid list. I ended up choosing spread them out and catch and release. Right. I don't I don't know what schemes you chose, Dixon, because you didn't actually score them. <laughs> um. Gee. Do you remember what they were? You had in your face sabotage, oh, catch and release, I, it, spread them yeah. out, and secret meetup. I had in, oh, secret meetup was one. There of you them. go. I had a secret meetup between. Um, I think it it was either the emissary or or the Kurgan, and the idea was I thought the wall was going to come over uh, to the midline, 
and he didn't he just fucked off to the north when he started dying yeah literally like literally the moment that that pandora got into uh the crew and just tore through the wall and watson both of them were like nope like they just noped out to the north and i was like uh that's not where i wanted you to go (laughs) i want you to go east Yeah, I just I looked at it because you had the emissary and the Kurgan by each other. Right. And I was just like, I don't want any of that. Right. So you had I think you had Carver and Iggy and the poltergeist on this other side. I was like, I think that's more manageable. So I went that way. Right. And in my head, I was like, I thought that for some reason you were going to choose to fight the emissary rather than fight Carver. It's like that was a mistake. It was, it was a huge mistake. Well, it, it's just because, and I think in game two, I think it made me definitely like, hey, this is why you don't want to go into the emissary unless you want to just blow it up, right? Because when you start clumping up near the emissary, anybody that's played against the mysterious emissary, you will know that it becomes bad quickly. Yeah. When he's putting down all these hazardous blast markers that stay there as terrain and he gets positives because you're in terrain and it's just it's a yard sale you don't want to be there and the big issue with the emissary that i noticed is you don't want to go with him early you want him to you want to set up the 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 battlefield like what well i'm listening i was gonna say the beautiful part of the woe crew is because of their misery triggers right you can push people two inches to bunch them up right so with the wall, I can do that. But like, there's a bunch of stuff in 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 uh, Neverborn that can do that, uh, that move mm-hmm. move things around. But what I mean is, what was your second scheme? Do you remember before we kind of keep? Oh, going a on? secret meetup and uh, the one that's kill a model that's eight points or, or less. Oh, that's right. You uh, yeah. you took in your face. Yeah. Well, that's where I learned that uh, the wall replaces. And it doesn't count <laughs> as a 10 point model anymore or whatever his point cost is. It's like, yeah. Oh, and yeah. the only other model that was eight stones was Louisa. And she was way out of the way. Yeah. yeah. That was a, another huge mistake. I was like, oh crap. I forgot about that. Like I, th- th- there's a bunch of stuff that this crew has. I, I think you heard me rant a lot. So I'm trying yeah. to like figure out if I can feel that hatred. Recap for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to feel the hatred again because it was like, it's not like, oh, they have armor and they have evasive and that. No, no, they have armor, evasive, uh, negatives uh, to hit and to damage. Uh, they have cover concealment as well sometimes. They also have AOE damage, direct damage, and what's the last thing? Oh, and healing because why the well, fuck? Oh, and mobility because yeah. why the fuck not? They literally have everything. <laughs> I think the, and we'll get into the specific matchup, right. but I will say I severely underestimated the Sappers. They are so freaking good. At least, at <laughs> least against Pandora. I was like, there's gotta be other matchups. Th- I don't even think just, against, so against Pandora, they were amazing. Yeah, they were like insane. But I think in general, they're good. They're really good. I underestimated this. Yeah, one. I mean, that, the, what is the, the stupid ability that they activate? They look at the top cards so, of, the disc- so th- of the deck. Yeah, so it's their uh, it's their bonus. So it's called exploit weakness, and basically for just a five, because for some reason, once again, the suit's built in. Because good job, weird. <laughs> um, you look at so you look at the two top top two cards of your opponent's fate deck. This isn't resisted, so it just happens right. if you have a five. And then so you look at the top two, and then you put them back in any order, so you don't discard them or anything. But then you get to draw a five or less. Um, from your uh, discard pile. So it helps fuel that heat of battle kind of discard engine. Mm-hmm. 
the big thing that I started to notice with this, there would be some times where I would exploit weakness. I'd look and you'd have two severes on top, right? So I was like, cool. Well, I'm not going to win that duel, but let me just, you know, shoot this model with my trench gun and get rid of those severes. Yeah. Or um, if they were crappy cards, what I started learning in the last game is I was like, oh, these are crappy cards. Let me go ahead and disrupt supply lines and make Dixon discard a card. So, yeah, that that worked out really well. Yeah, the, the disrupt supply <laughs> lines idea. By the way, that was that was nuts. That was nuts because uh, well, because even if you cheat, it's still effectively discarding a card. That's exactly what happened in every instance. I was like, oh crap. Uh, well, I have this twelve that. You know, it's a 50-50 with this other card. <laughs> uh, I got to cheat it because, like, if I don't cheat it, he still has a chance to, like, flip another card for, for the second there. Because, like, you yeah. saw both cards. I was like, if he goes Exploit Weakness oh, yeah. again, I'm going to get screwed. And then literally exactly as I said, I was like, I did. Exploit I did. Weakness, <laughs> boom, he's dead. I was like, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so in this, so that that series of actions are good, right? Hell yeah. But I think the one that really sung, and this is going to be good against a lot of crews, mm -hmm. but against Pandora specifically, the sappers have an ability called duck and cover where they can choose to ignore and be an unaffected by a pulse, a blast, or an aura. That's all of Pandora's things. Yep. Aura effects. E so even if, so like, for example, I had sappers hanging around Pandora and she had stuff like the tendrils thing up, she had her uh, mood swing where she can be like, no, you can't activate. And you couldn't do it to the sapper because I could just choose to not do it. I was so upset about that. It's like, I assume because of first game, first game, I, I did my Pandora slingshot. I put her in the middle of your crew and I was ready for turn two. And like I said, I, I did cut through the wall in Watson very efficiently. That was not a problem. Yep. What was a problem was the stupid sapper. I was like, uh well okay so what are you gonna do with the sapper because like he's not gonna kill pandora i'm not expecting no. i'm not afraid that he's gonna but he was getting you points he got you points oh, yeah. every single turn every single game because i could yep. not focus him fire efficiently oh so well dumb. they're because <laughs> they're tough to they're tough to drop because they have stealth right and they have quick getaway if you attack their defense so they're not the easiest thing to kill. It usually takes two shots to put them down. Yeah, and I, the only way that I have a direct uh, stun is with everybody that's not Pandora. So I will have to like yeah. constantly, and, and I tried. I, I, I think I slingshotted Candy into your crew after that. And what you did was you activated your master and you did the collect trick. The, the yeah well it's now called the guild collect trick because because yep. it's very guild like. <laughs> This version of Tall, I'm actually liking quite a bit. Yeah. Anytime that you have schemes, like dropping scheme markers for those type of schemes, uh, I think this version of Tall is very serviceable. Um, anytime you need to like, he's kind of weird because you want to spread out and you you want to still see your models. So you got to kind of be careful of the terrain and stuff because in an ideal board, you want to still have terrain, but still be able to see like a good portion of your models because he has the ability for hand signals. So apparently they're doing all these like special forces signals mm -hmm. like and you get to draw a card when you do a non-basic uh, or sorry, a non-general, uh, non-charge general action. There it is. You get to draw a card off your heat of battle. Right. Uh, so you can pretty much almost always set it up with 
after you do a heat of battle, as long as you can see tall, you're just drawing cards and you're getting movement, you're dropping schemes. It's it's stuff that you want to be doing if you pick those, like spread them out or you pick, yeah. you and, know, what, whatever else. In card dress, always your great. That's strictly better than, uh, what's the name? It's, it's basically showboarding, but on crack, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you get an extra action. Mm -hmm. And then you get to discard a crap card out of your hand and you get to draw hopefully a better card. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, I could. And there's so it. much ability in this crew to pull fives back out of your discard pile. It's so insane. I don't understand how we're just put this on cards. Right? Right. That's, oh my God. And then, and then on top of all that, on top of all that, you would think that dropping scheme markers left and right would be difficult. But like, as we're going to say, what happened? Uh, like there's there's just really ski markers left and right. <laughs> there's just ski markers left and there's things that count as ski markers. I think assault markers count as ski markers as well on the first version. Uh yeah, not not for this version though. This version. No, no, but uh, the first version, the the yeah. the artillery counts, the wall counts as a, as a as a ski marker for the heat of battle. And yep. you have drop it triggers, and then you have Loiza, who's don't mind me. Like, it, and and yet you have draw out secrets. You have draw secrets on multiple cards. The fucking and you brought in. I gotta mention. Sorry, but I gotta mention because the lawyer also has draw uh, draw secrets on. I think one or two of his actions. Yeah, the and the interesting <laughs> thing is the lawyer was okay. But as we're gonna see in game two, a guild mage just really makes this crew kind of be cracked out. Only for defense in um, in combat. Yeah. But yes, you are right. Yeah. It makes it cracked out. But as far as this game, it got to a point, like you said, you kind of brought Candy in, you brought Pandora in. So there was about I think three turns where the wall and Watson were kind of just fending off what you were throwing at right. it. And the lawyer actually was good. One, lawyers are always good. If you're a guild player, you could put a lawyer in like any list and it'd be okay. It's not, it's never a bad pick, right? right? Guild lawyers are just good models. Yep. And it it was good though, because there was times where basically once the wall was engaging candy, I no longer had to worry about negatives because the wall has an ability that's like, hey, if the wall is engaging it, you don't worry about negatives. And and so to speci specify, yeah. I did not put candy in melee with the wall because I knew about the whole negatives thing. <laughs> I I put the wall in there. <laughs> and how did you do it? You obeyed it. Lawyer. <laughs> no, no, you obeyed it from outside of activation oh, yeah. to get in there, oh, yeah. so that then everybody else and their mothers could just shoot at candy. Yeah, I was I was so fucking pissed i was like no no <laughs> well it kept popping up too where dixon would be like because you know as a pandora player i'm sure you're used to being like oh there's this negative and this negative and you can't do this but then when i kept going well the king's wall there you just kept getting frustrated because you forgot the king's wall just negates all that yeah i i forgot for like two act, act uh activations after that i knew yeah. but then i started berating myself i'm like I should have remembered. <laughs> yeah, and then I obeyed Watson to like stab. However, I did not appreciate Candy using Watson's knife against him. <laughs> right? I oh my god, I did that. Oh, that's so good. Every single time I use self-loading into your crew, it's like the greatest. <laughs> Except for the sappers. Well, yeah, because the his only own... ones that are they're bad at killing themselves. I was so furious with them. <laughs> 
Yeah, because they can just ignore most of it. But yeah, because ignoring hard to kill, it's like, well, Watson has hard to kill, so Candy's just killing him quicker. This is this is super good. Um, <laughs> can you? So a lot of people aren't aware because I think a lot of people are. I don't want to say they talk badly about Pandora, but I think they're unaware of some of kind of the combos. Can you talk about how with Candy? Oh yeah, because this happened in every game every at least game. twice a game. Yes. At least twice a game this happened. Can you break down how Candy just does like four damage to a model, just pretty much unresisted? You need Candy within six and another wall within six. And you do the bonus yeah. action and make sure that you're going to hit the, the burnout trigger. The burnout trigger itself does two damage. And Candy herself does damage whenever you get uh, fast. And then you give them stun, which any wall in the crew will make you take damage for that, right? <laughs> But nobody expect like everybody's like no it can't possibly be right because like Candy's gonna remove the fast with the following action so you sh- you cannot feel okay about the fact that you have fast now it's like no it's not gonna happen yeah. she's gonna rip it yeah, off she's yeah. just gonna be like yoink give me that and and everybody that sees it for the first time gets shocked because it's like you hear about it but it's not the same thing it was like holy crap wait it, you had to, you couldn't stone it sometimes you're like uh. Well, it's well, because here, here. the thing is, it's 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 not like it's just four damage, right? If yeah. it's four damage, right. I think that is severely worse because then I can stone and then maybe I take one. Right. But no, you take two, and then after that, you get the fast. You're like, now I ping you for one, right. and then you're like, now you're stunned, and this model pings you for another one. Right. So it's three different instances of damage. And are you really going to waste three stones on that? Yeah. And then the, the cherry on top to this shit sandwich that I'm serving you is that it's a bonus action. It doesn't even cost yeah. me an action. <laughs> yeah. So now she's going to self-loathing you and smack you or something. Yeah. Candy is incredibly uh, weak after that, though. So, like, once she activates, she's done for the turn. So, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Whenever you want to do this combo, you have to make sure that you know she doesn't. She's not threatened. It's late, late turn. Yeah, so that's the that's the or late turn. That's the 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 reason why it's not super OP and broken. Uh, she has a lot of stuff that if she activates, it gets shut down, and that happens in yeah. our games a lot. Where like Candy is just like staring into the soul of, of like the wall and 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 Watson. And sometimes even your master, your master was squirrely as fuck. Like I, every single time I hit him for anything, he was just like, nope. And he just disappeared. Well, and the cool thing that I like about this version, because there's there's masters that, so Dead Silent's interesting because there are masters that can remove markers to reduce damage. Right. This is, I think, the first time that we see, maybe not, but I, it's rare mm. that you he places next to a marker within four and then you remove it to reduce two damage and it can go to zero. Right. And I'm like that. I really cap because I played him game three, two. Right. This game, I didn't do it so much because I don't think you targeted him as much. But there were more opportunities in game three where I was like, oh, I can remove this. Not only am I reducing damage, but I'm getting the heck out and of here. The main reason, by the way, the main reason why they didn't um, target him as much is I targeted him. I did like three or four damage. You let it go. He was stunned and slow and whatever. And then you activate the cannons and heal him back up to full and remove the conditions. And I was like, I need to kill the cannons now. Like, I can't just go after him. The, I have to kill this game one was the game where you were like, okay, these cannons are a bigger problem right. than I thought they like, were. I, like I said, it was like, this game, 
like every game I'm gonna be learning the matchup more, but this game I'm gonna I'm gonna throw caution to the wind. I'm just gonna try to see what is what what makes this crew tick, right? And I was like, all right, that's when I learned the cannons need to die. And then I hit the cannons with my AOE, and I I did not hit them directly, thinking that they were gonna die the following turn. And then they heal back up to full, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I need to well, focus down the cannon. Is, this is what I'm saying. This is the problem with the cannons. They just activate and draw a card five or less from your discard. So once again, right. I think this keyword would be more balanced if there wasn't so much pulling back of cards out of the discard pile. There's too many times where it's like, oh, I'm getting down to like two or three cards. Let me activate a cannon, draw a card. And then I'm like, okay, let me walk over to my master, get rid of this condition, heal him too, which isn't a flip, by the way. You just do you it. Just do and it. then, yeah. And then, oh, by the way, you can also move scheme markers which came up big in game three. And then, oh, by the way, if you want to shoot something, here's a, here's a how it's Yeah, I, I, I just got sick and tired of, oh, by the way. Because, like, I, I think I texted you to you. Like, I'm going to look at And up. there's two of them. There's two yeah, games. Yeah, I texted you because, like, you told me something. I was like, man, this crew is really good. It's like, and I was having fun. So, like, it wasn't like, I, it, it, was a, it was one of those miserable crews to play against. It was just, it got very annoying very quickly only one thing because it, there kept being like, oh and by the one way more thing. they have this oh and by the way they have like it was oh my god i forgot i forgot the, the thing but it was like i was super salty from the game uh it was something i think dumb. i think it i think it was um i think game one i think you got frustrated at for king and country because <laughs> it wasn't just it, it just it wasn't just negatives to attack actions. It was also negative to the damage flips. So if you attacked Watson, it was a double negative just built in. Yeah, I, I find it here, by the way. It's like, yeah, but Cavalier is so tanky. And I said, the wall of text on their card is not fun. And then you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to deal with, with ping damage. I mean, but ping damage is the best. And then I was like, and the negatives, and the armor, and the mobility, <laughs> and the heals, and the card draw. Like I was oh, like, yeah. come on, dude. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like I like trolling dicks and just being like, hey, it's not that bad. It's not. It bad. is. I'm like looking at the entire army. Like, well, Jesus. well, and and. I was talking to Dixon after a game and I was like, yeah, I could have brought the guild mage there and I could just park dead silent next to him because dead silent has smoked them out. So that gives within two inches of tall, it counts as severe and concealing terrain. Yeah. So I could just park the mage in there with him and be like, okay, you're at a negative yeah. unless you ignore concealing. I mean, in the second game you played artillerist and the guild mage was smacked up in the middle of a cloud. So she always had concealment regardless of, yeah, we'll get into game two. So as <laughs> so as this carve a path started happening, uh, we both kind of were scoring the strategy. We both kind of got our points there. Um, you messed up secret meetup. Um, and then I guess after you killed the king's wall, you figured out in your face was going to be problematic. Because I was just trying to figure out game one, like how were you trying to get your points once you realized the schemes were bad? I wasn't. I think I... Well, when I'm in your situation where I realize I'm not going to get many points off my schemes, right. that's where I just try to start figuring out the crew. And I'm like, okay, let's see if I can kill this model. Let's see if I can, you know, same. do something. Same, the exact same thing. But the, at the same time, I was trying to figure out how I can deny you points. I was yeah. like, I might not win, but I'm going to try to either draw or, you know, not lose by a lot. 
So I think yeah, that's what it was. As, yeah, and as this kind of started progressing, um, because of Luisa, because of the Sappers, because of um, Behind Enemy Lines, because that's why I like Behind Enemy Lines, because it drops a scheme marker. So you can actually, like, not only change the position of the board between your models or the enemy models, you can also drop schemes. So I was doing that to set up, spread them out, which I ended up scoring. And then I got catch and release. I think I ran my sapper in on candy uh, turn three. No, 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 no. You, and got my point there. You you were playing dead silent on the first game. So you just collect them into position. You're like, oh, yeah, that sapper that's behind like three houses and in a forest. I switched out your poltergeist, I that's think, exactly, and the sapper. That's exactly it. Yeah, you switched out the poltergeist <laughs> into melee combat with uh, uh, Gurley and uh, Candy, yeah. and it was it was just so. Uh, I mean, I wasn't even mad. I was like, "That is so good." And I mean, I, I, it's not even like a like a oh, and by the way, that was just like, man, that's I love that ability. That ability is like <laughs> behind good. behind enemy lines might be the most fair thing in this list. <laughs> Yes, because <laughs> it's only a stat six willpower, so I have to hit it. Well, you know? I think it's movement actually for you. Oh, sorry, you're, you're correct. Movement. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I remember like a whole bunch of stuff that I had could not. Well, not a whole bunch, but there was a, a fair number of stuff in my card that you just ignored when you were like flipping people around. Because I I target people's willpower and defend against will, uh, people's willpowers and defense attacks, and you were like, "Nope, this is against movement." Whoop, and this is this also. <laughs> Besides the lawyer, right. the behind enemy lines is the highest TN at 14. Mm. So you need an eight. So yeah. everything, I, and that's one of the things I was telling people on Discord, and this is just my initial after this first game. Yeah. I was like, the TNs are too low. <laughs> like, there's, I don't think there's many TNs that are over five, and you're drawing fives out of your discard. So it's like, you're pretty much making it where there's, unless you hit the black joker, there's no worries that these aren't going off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, which is ridiculous. I don't, don't want to like punish the entire keyword because it's already released, and you know, but like at least lower some of the stats. Like, yeah, why is Watson the stats increase? Yes. Yeah, why is Watson a nine point model? And this is before let line code. He's a nine point model. No, you're saying seven. you're saying nine points. You're saying nine points with lead line. No. No, I was. I was. Like, he's a nine. Point oh, you say. Oh, you're saying why is he acting like a yeah, nine stone model? He's a nine oh, point okay. model for seven stones. The only thing this man doesn't have is nine health, literally, because he has everything else. He has the stats. He has the attack, the damage, the support. Like literally, he's he's two points better in ba his base. Again, doesn't have the health. And then to make him nine stones, you make him even better by giving him laugh off and armor one. Correct. Correct. You give him that, and all of a sudden he's like a ten to fifteen point model. It's like it's insane. Like he's like a he's like a hodgepodge emissary. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's he's like an like a offense heavy hodgepodge emissary because like you know how the hodgepodge emissary is just support all out and he can do some tricks. Yeah. This motherfucker is like I can support fairly well, but I'll kick your ass and hold the line. Very much. <laughs> so this game ended up kind of I think by the time we called it, because you didn't get any of your schemes, it ended yeah. up being a 6-2 game yeah. for Tull. Correct. Just because I was able to continue and spread them out. And I think you did kill the Sapper, so I think I only got a, game, a point there. Yeah. But Because um, you're like, oh, well, if that's the 
that's the guy I gotta catch. That I'm gonna release him from his life. Yeah. So I, I, at the end, I tried really hard to deny you at least four points, and I was only able to deny you two. It was, uh, yep. yeah, it was a like I said, it was a learning experience. The second game well, I came in, I, with... I don't even, I don't even think I killed anything that game. No, I think did. I killed Iggy. I did, ki- I did kill Iggy. You killed Iggy, and you killed. Um... No, that's it. You just, you just killed yeah. Iggy because I came in with a whole bunch of of killers. And Iggy was there specifically to start burning out uh, uh, ski markers, but you did such a good job of blocking line of sight to Iggy for some reason. Like it wasn't like you were yeah. trying to to do that. It was just like that's how it ended because he's he's tiny. He's like one inch, so yeah. I had to like go around too much terrain to be able to see your ski markers and start burning them out. So I just decided yeah. to teleport him in, and then <laughs> I think it was like first activation that you had a chance. You're like he dies now. Wham. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Punch that man in the face. Yeah. It's like, who's the, who's the, Except for, I, think he, I think he might be a, he's like a boy or a teenager though. So yeah. he's not, he's not very old. He's still a child. Yeah. No, but like, I, I didn't even think about it. I was like, why would you want to kill Iggy? I was like, he's right there. <laughs> no, it's like, you're well, he's there. He, well, he's there. He's either a good schemer, but he also is good scheme denier. So and, no, you're right. He, he, he actually was probably the biggest threat in your list as far as what I was scoring points on. The the second one is the poltergeist, which I positioned to do, you know, the the scheme. That I, <laughs> but then I sent him over there. You teleported him behind the houses. And I'm like, I, I did not think about that for some reason. Like, I literally, in my head, I'm like, uh, you have not been doing this this entire time. You haven't been, like, yeah. swapping people. So then the first time you swap people is to, like, completely fuck over my plan of fucking your plans over. <laughs> yeah, I think... Especially when we get to game three, I think we'll see a big difference on like me using behind enemy lines a lot more effectively. Bruh. This game, I just kind of used it as like, oh, I'm going to move my King's Wall and Watson yeah. up and then I'm going to take some shots at yep. you. And I didn't really start using it off- offensively until I switched the Poltergeist. And I was like, oh, this is a nifty little trick. And it's funny because like the artillerist didn't seem like a huge threat to me. Maybe it's a key. Like I told you, it's like maybe it's a keyword that I'm playing, but the artillerist was just not that much of a threat. And I know everybody in the most is like, oh, he does a lot of damage. It's like, yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because our next game, I did bring the Artillerist. So we ended up playing Flank, uh, which when you play Flank or Wedge, you know it's going to get dirty pretty quick. So this was Cursed Objects. So once again, you know it's going to get pretty bad. So we had Hidden Martyrs, Public Demo, Sabotage, Leave Your Mark, and Breakthrough. Mm -hmm. So... This one, you ended up bringing, once again, Pandora 1. Uh, you brought the Poltergeist, Candy, Kurgan, an Aversion, Two Sorrows, Elisa, and a Mysterious Emissary. Yep. While I ended up bringing the Artillerist with his two cannons, Watson, Loise Afusi, mm-hmm. King's Wall, Guild Mage, Rocketeer, and a Sapper. Right. So a little bit different of a list for me and a little different. Actually, very you, you different. Quite very different. different. There, there was a reason yeah. for it. Uh, because you had Breakthrough, I needed to have the actions and the bodies to be able to do the, the scheme. So I was like, all right, these three guys are going to do Breakthrough. That's their job. It's going to be do Breakthrough. And if you have Breakthrough, I'm going to try to deny it with that. Yeah, so yeah. explain that real quick because the two Sorrows and Aversion were great combos. They're cheap models. Yes. So how do you use those to do it and also deny? Just teleporting. Uh, they have Mystery Loves Company, which is a tactical action that they can do 10 inches away from. And it goes to any woe. So I just position them correctly, and then they can leave frog off of models all over the place. 
Yeah, it's eight inches, right? It's not ten. Uh, if I remember correctly, I played it wrong. The movement. Well, I mean, the movement ends up being around ten, but it's an eight-inch, um, eight-inch. So then I, I probably did it wrong in that game, like very likely. Yeah, you just we gave you a two-inch handicap. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> even with a two-inch handicap, I still didn't deny you the. Oh yeah, the breakthrough. Yeah, well, I denied you the first two turns. Yeah, because you were like, it was like a ghostly gang just hunting down my rocketeer. Like, come here, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting all handsy with them. And and that was the thing. Like, I was just like, all right, flea frog teleport. So I have to basically reduce it by two inches the next time that we play, because uh, that's the idea. And the mobility, as you saw, like, between those models, those two sorrows, uh, they were just like. All right, go into your deployment zone, put a ski marker, or go into my deployment zone, remove your ski marker, push you away, be within four inches of you. Like, just deny, deny. And they did their job to the yeah. point that Loiza had to come all the way into my deployment zone from wherever she was doing her, because she was doing another scheme, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she was kind of hanging out, doing, putting some injured out, uh, doing some damage, okay. putting down, like, she was kind of helping out with, let me see, I ended up taking. Mm -hmm. Hidden Martyrs and Breakthrough. So okay. I think I had her in there to try and tempt you to kill her. Um, okay. And you didn't quite go for it initially. So I was just like, okay, I guess I'm going to run off and do this. Because I, I was like, I didn't think you were going to take your three models. Like once I passed you with the Rocketeer, right. I didn't think you were going to come back to me. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, in again, they, they teleport. So... That's the main reason people forget that they have that mobility, so you can just yeah. like swap. It, it ends up being like a like a ten inch move. Now that I think about it, you teleport to something within eight and then go until the other side. Yeah. So that's probably what my head is thinking about. But like, I remember doing that one time, and like somebody had left the room and come back, and they were like, "How the hell did those guys get into the midline?" I'm like, "Oh." this way right here and this is the card you can see the log and he's like what the crap <laughs> and that's why i bring them i bring them every single time that there's a long distance uh denial scheme or whatever they're really yeah. good for that also they're, they survive yeah. aoe's because they're incorporeal yeah and they have also life leech so they you take a damage and you gain a life if you're within four of an enemy model that activates yeah. They also do extra damage to stuff that's stunned if they get the trigger. Yep. They're with satellites. Uh, they can, yeah, they put out stun just on their bonus or as a trigger. So yeah. they're they're just a solid five stone minion. They they are a good. Yeah, minion. they don't do like crazy stuff. Like they're you're not gonna expect the moon and the sun for them. But I love them. They 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 do. I want to say six six points worth of work for a five point model. So I'm okay mm -hmm. with that. Yeah, and I so as turn one and two starts to progress, I actually start moving up my crew kind of to this top left corner. Right. And then as I saw you sneaking Pandora up, I moved the artillerist up and took a shot to kind of give you staggered and push you away a little bit. Right, right. And I slingshot her uh, after removing the stagger. I forgot how I did it. Because I remember like going into your crew with Pandora, setting up the tentacles with the mask and spreading out the love with the damage and stuff. And all of a sudden you're like, uh, Guild Mage is gonna, I'm gonna discard this card for heat of battle and the Guild Mage is gonna heal the wall. I'm like, wait, what? 
It's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> I need to kill that guild mage. But it didn't happen anymore. Well, because you have to, so you're, the model that discards has to be within six of the guild yep. mage. But then the guild mage can pick a model within six of him yep. to then heal that amount of whatever card you discarded. Six inches in so line it's, of sight. It's, that's, that, that's been yeah, clear. You have to have line of sight. Yeah. So that's why I parked him in, in the cloud so he could see like everybody. Right. But um, once you, so once you played game one, we're now in game two where you have to kill models, Dixon. What was kind of your first target where you're like, okay, I need to start working on this so I can score my, you know, cursed object. I didn't make the connection that the guild mage was going to be that much of a problem. So at first I set up to kill Watson and the wall. Sorry. It, it, wall first, Watson second, right? And yeah. I basically ignored Tall because, like, Tall is not even the most dangerous thing in that crew. Sorry, <laughs> he was he was fine. <laughs> I, I think he is. I, I think he can be pretty dangerous. The problem I saw with him, and this is why actually I like Dead Silent against Pandora better, right. is one, you're probably going to be stunned. It's like. You can say what you want when you go against Pandora. You're probably going to be stunned. Yeah. It's like you have to learn to kind of fight through that. Yes. And I feel like Tull wants his triggers, especially on his MFGL, right. the mother effing grenade launcher. <laughs> um, and, you know, if you're stunned, you're only getting three actions. You don't get your bonus, or if you do, it counts as an action. Or if I slow you and you as well, you got two actions, so you have to be very careful. And, and if I put staggered out, so if I do heavy salvo right. onto Pandora's crew, yeah, I push you six and you get staggered, but then that's a condition you can then use I remember. for benefits. I remember. I used the Liza. That's the main reason why I had the Liza. I used the Liza yeah. to remove Pandora's uh, stack. So, like, yeah, you put stagger on Pandora, yeah. and then I was like, and oh, she doesn't. Pandora has so much movement, and there are a lot of incorporeal models yes. that it doesn't matter if I push you on the other side of the house. You're just going to come back. Yeah. So you waste like one action, maybe. Yeah, the Kurgan slingshot works for everybody. It's not keyword locked, and that that model is amazing. Yeah. You saw how insane it is. Like drop like big threats in the middle of crews. Now I will say where I think the artillerist was good against Pandora right. was with the. Um, was with the assault markers it was fine the assault mark the assault markers well so the, there's two reasons why they were really good mm. one is because that allowed me to position them for heat of battle and you can't remove those and that's where you were like i can't remove those yeah and you got super pissed off in this oh game. and by the way they cannot be removed i'm like are you are you high why why would you <laughs> What would you make a rule where you can't remove these? <laughs> I think Dixon thought I was making it up. I did. I did. I thought it's like, you're fucking with me. That like, you just got to be messing with me. Like, this is a P troll. And then I was like, no, Dixon, read the cool, the card. And I'm like, oh, yeah, dear, sweet Hellfire, baby so. Jesus. No. Yeah. So it says can't be removed. So it's the ones you drop. So if you create one with the bonus, that one can be removed. Right. But the ones that you drop the amount of what the turn is, those cannot be removed by enemy effects. I just, I lost faith in humanity for a second. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, but uh, they're, they're, what the, why? <laughs> well, so that was one thing, but also it allowed me to position them to do heat of battle. Right. So I didn't have to depend on scheme markers. Mm. I had the wall and I had, you know, how many ever assault markers right. that I could do heat of battle off of. And then the second thing is end of turn, you know, you had to do movement 14 duels or take two and ignore armor. So 
that actually it chips some damage off of Candy, Pandora, Kurgan. I think Eliza took a couple. <laughs> so yeah, it was. So a, it ended up chipping some like good damage. It wasn't all in the same turn, obviously, but it, yeah, it, it was chipping. Like the the ones that hurt the most was the Kurgan because the Kurgan's armor too. I would yeah. think I was like, oh, yeah. I think it was like no, no. It also ignores armor. I'm like. Oh my god! This is just an example once again where I was like, "But Dixon, it also ignores armor." You're like, "Of course it does." Of course it does. Why not? <laughs> Table flip. <laughs> I was just becoming a, like a like a the rage chihuahua in the chat. Like, <laughs> oh man, that you've was ever, too yeah. You've ever heard a, a angry pug? That's, that was probably me. <laughs> yeah. So as so you we're getting into turn two and this is our first turn where it's like okay we're trying to score right and i pretty much have my eyes set on the kurrigan i'm like planning to kill this thing um you kind of saw my health going up and down and were you starting to get worried that you might not get your point there yes every turn i was like i need to get points i can't just be denying points how can I get some fucking points? And, and I think this was my second highest scoring game. No, bullshit. This was my highest scoring game, right? I think this game ended 7-5. Yes, this this game you scored. Yeah, this game ended up 7-5. Uh, <sighs> so you scored points, but um, the you had that. very... Well, because you ended up scoring your schemes, but you couldn't score the cursed objects because you couldn't kill things. That second turn, I set up to kill a model, and because of the guild mage... I had to like reassess how to kill the guild mage because she was in like it was a completely different position. I did not position my my attackers to be able to deal with her. And yeah, yeah it was like, oh god, I probably did this too a turn too late. And I'm probably gonna lose the game just on this. And, and it ended up being the case. Like killing the guild mage yeah, is the first you didn't, you didn't, Yeah, you didn't kill a model with a token on it until turn four. Yes. Yeah, because of all the, the, the healing. Like, you healed. Yep. I think we made a joke that you, and, and, and it ended up being correct. I said, it was like, man, you heal like nine health. And then we did the math, and it was like, no, he healed like nine, ten health. Yeah, yeah, that's actually accurate. <laughs> yeah. Because all you did was like, heat up battle, heal a model. Heal, heat up battle, heal a model. Well, not only that, but then when I wanted to activate and you did Pandora's mood swing, you had to discard a card sometimes and that would trigger my heal. I and you were like, wait, yes. it's not just your cards. It's my cards too. Yeah. yeah. I, I And that made you a little salty as well. Like I, I had, my brain had to like readjust. It's like, oh yeah, that was a thing that, uh, if I remember correctly, Nick Westbrook said that. It's like, no, every now and then yeah. people will come into my crew, discard a card to do an effect like Flurry and heal my model, making it so that I just don't die. I was like, that's dirty as hell. And then it happened to me. I'm like, it is. okay, fuck this ability. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, so turn four, I actually think you killed two or three models turn four. Like you didn't wait. Like, I think you could have waited on the rocketeer, like the rocketeer you killed with your sorrows. Yes. Yeah. I gang out the in, in your deployment zone. I thought, I thought you were going to wait to keep that as a turn five kill, but you were like, no, I'm getting this right now. Well, I, I couldn't wait because I needed to get my schemes. Remember, the only reason why I got five yeah. points is because I got my two points of breakthrough. That was it. So as the game progressed, I was able to get breakthrough with Luisa because after I saw you going after my uh, Rocketeer turn three, I was like, okay, Luisa needs to break off. So I did. Yeah. Um, so I was able to use her to go get my couple points. Yep. 
I also took Hidden Martyrs and turn four, you actually killed my uh, Sapper. Or no, you didn't kill my. Actually, you didn't even kill the sapper. No, no, no. It wasn't the sapper. It was I got, the I, person that the sapper was linked to. I forgot the. No, so you didn't. You didn't kill Luisa or the sapper. I I scored only one point from hidden martyrs because you didn't kill either one, and then the sapper re. I re- no, I re- are you sure? Because I remember killing your no. hidden martyr. Or maybe it wasn't this game, but I remember in one of the games. I yeah, it was. Martyr. It was the next. It was the next game. And the other one was a sapper on the other side of the table, and I was just like. Of course, it's going to be, you know, of course, of course, he's over. We'll get to that, though. Um, And yeah, you got both points of breakthrough. You got one point of your hidden martyr. I forget who your hidden martyr was Candy and your Lysa, I think. Uh, No, the poltergeist you finally killed. Uh, I mean, you had to kill him. The poltergeist was dripping through uh, the even with, by the way, everybody, even with all the healing. The poltergeist stayed alive for like four activations, and he, in because of that, like the wall and tall, uh, wall, yeah, wall, tall, Loiza, and and what's his face, uh, Watson, they were taking damage to like a ridiculous level because of the poltergeist. (laughs) I think we also have to say that turn two, I also think you did get lucky, and I was not very lucky at that point of the game. Um, These last two games, I was super lucky. (laughs) <laughs> there was a time where you did some kind of duel against me and it ripped out like a bunch of my severes. Yes. And then not only that, Candy went towards the end of the turn, tar- turn two, and she had a negative duel to try and teleport to the middle of my crew. And you hit two severes and I had crap cards and flipped a crap card. And I was like, I guess Candy's in the middle of my crew Not now. only did I hit two severes, I hit two severes where the lower severe was a mask. And that is yeah. why I teleported into your crew. Because I didn't have stones yeah, on your heels. Point. Yeah, it was so dumb. I was like, I just, I did this just to do some extra damage, but I'm going to teleport over there. <laughs> <laughs> so that really bogged down. That, like that made it where that was like, it, it was like the trenches of World War One, where you and I were just positioning yeah. hair like and... That also, that interaction with Candy also allowed you turn three to have a disgusting activation with your uh, emissary. Yes. Where you just, you put out so much staggered, you put out so much ping damage, where it, that's where that much damage started making it very difficult for me to navigate around it. And I had to pull some things out of my butt. Like, I'm like, okay, we're going to, I've got your back, Watson, out of that terrain. We're going to bulldoze over this way. I'm going to then discard to heal these and heal that model. Yep. And it it was really like a game of chess, kind of trying to keep everything up. Yeah, that time, by the way, I didn't, uh, to, the, to the listeners, I brought the effigy with the upgrade. That's the reason why you didn't yes. hear about the emissary before turn three is because... Yep. I, I just like sneak my way and you try you try taking pot shots and you try putting AOE damage on her. You're like, no. Yeah, I just I, I just missed on him. Like I tried a couple shots on him just to see if I could yeah. maybe threaten him. Because you knew and yeah, it didn't. Yeah, because you knew you're like, that son of bitch is coming. <laughs> like, we need to yeah. get him before he's a tro- he's a problem. <laughs> I mean, I didn't waste a ton on him because I didn't have direct resources enough to go at him. Like okay. I even though I was drawing cards, like I know it was probably frustrating because, you know, I'm drawing cards here and there, but it's not toll two. So I'm just drawing, you know, all these fives. Right. So once I get rid of my high cards, then I'm kind of like, okay, here, you know, I can't draw anymore. I think the only, the only model I can draw cards with in toll one 
that is actually a card is Watson, and that's off his mass trigger. And I couldn't even get that because he was stunned half the time. <laughs> true, true, true. So, yeah, th- that's kind of why, like I said, I, I like our Artillerist. I think he has a lot of play, and he does some dirty things. Mm-hmm. But I also think Tall 2, with the card draw and the movement shenanigans, can be really powerful in a lot of pools. So, yeah, but... This one started kind of coming down to it. And like I said, you finally got a model on turn four and you killed a model on turn five. But I was able to kill a model every turn. I killed, I think, uh, Kurgan, I killed turn two. Yeah. I killed your Lysa turn three. I killed your Poltergeist turn four. And then I killed ter- uh, Candy turn five. Eventually, yeah, after like many, many uh, ping damage and attacks, Candy well, it was funny because it was actually it was actually the sapper that was starting to do some damage to her because yeah. I could look at your top two cards yep. and I was like, oh, those are crap cards. Let's take some shots. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. yep. And I'm like, all right, take one, take one. I was like, because the sapper doesn't have any triggers, and I'm like, yeah, but he doesn't take damage unless I focus on him, and I would have to literally yeah. spend three. I think I read Jokered once on Candy too with the sapper, right. and, and the- so I did I did five damage. Oh my God. And, and- Oh my god! <laughs> yes, and to, the reason, by the way, to like to specify to everybody, why is it that killing him is a problem? So you ended up, like I said, this is five seven. So this is the most points you scored. Yes, yes. Um, but did you feel better in this game? What I wanted to say real quick, and and yeah, I did, yeah. I felt a little better, uh, but not because of the keyword. Uh, I want to say the sapper first. Uh, it takes sure. me, it takes me uh, a way to get a straight flip. Because I, it's gonna be negatives when attacking the sapper, unless I'm somehow attacking the sapper by himself, which I never saw in any other games. Because you're like smart about either a, I'm behind like complete, you can't see me, I'm in stealth distance, or I'm next to the wall. <laughs> it's like, uh. so yeah, that that's so it's gonna be like okay, I need to get straight to attack the sapper. That's one. Two, the sapper's only going to take two damage from himself, basically, unless I get Lucky Luxack into a moderate, you know. So yeah. I could concentrate as a master to try to kill the sapper. It, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a big, big, big problem to try to kill the sapper efficiently. Yeah, and then uh, for the Cavalier, by the way, uh, the reason why I felt a little better is because I, I at least I positioned better and I was focusing on the mission a little bit better. But I was lucky. Like, I was so lucky on so many flips throughout the entire game that I'm like, if I get a little unlucky, this wouldn't even have been this close. It would have been like a 7-3 or 7-2 again. Because I, I literally, I lucky luck sack on damage flips every now and then. I, I think I had like four or five damage flips or like, you know, double net. Moderates or severes. Moderates yeah. severes only. I never spent a soul stone that I didn't get a moderate in the entire game. So that's five out of five soul stones where like a moderate or severe. Like, it was gross. It, it, I was super lucky this game, and I still lost 7-5. And it wasn't because I wasn't focusing on the mission. I was 100% focusing on the mission. I got both my schemes, if I remember correctly. No, bullshit. I got one of my schemes because you killed Candy. That was, a, that was a, the the it's only scheme that I didn't score. And I only scored two points from the strategy because your crew is... Ridiculously hard to kill by Pandora. Resilient as heck. Specifically by Pandora. I'm not going to say like there's other crews because I think uh, I had a game not against you where I used Sarida and Sarida just tore through that crew. Just tore through it. They don't really have that many good defenses against uh, Obeys and Hex. 
Yeah, obeys can definitely yeah. be rough. Like you start, you start pull, and that's kind of what I was telling people. Like you start pulling like the bubble apart, right? That's kind of like when you start to get it, and that's where I was playing against Nick, and he made the mistake of not putting laugh off on Watson, so I was able to lasso Watson away. Right. Um, but even before that, if you have, like I said, with Parker two, I was able to put ski markers down to pulse out, you know, ping damage. And then I had Mad Dog come in and wreck the wall. Right. Um, so if you have the pieces, you can definitely take care of this crew. It's not unbeatable, but you can't you can't spread the damage out. And you, you have to focus on the weak points. So like you were saying, oh, the guild mage needs to die. Okay, the wall needs to be neutralized. Yeah. Not even if you just kill the wall, but even if you get it out of position because your opponent makes that decision or... You just put so much negatives on it that it makes it where the wall's activation isn't good. Yeah, good lord. Because that's the thing. Like, I can't imagine some of these matchups where, like, you you had stunned on a lot of models in my crew. You had some severe terrain. You had other ping damage. And I can't imagine playing a game where that wasn't the pressure I was feeling and how free and just damage-wrecking you can be with this crew because Pandora neuters you and... The only reason it didn't feel bad is because of heat of battle. Yeah. If I if I didn't have heat of battle, those activations would have felt way worse. I, I more than once I was like, "How the hell are you doing two actions? You're slow and stunt, and you're like, heat of battle, bro. Heat of battle. Yeah, heat of battle, bro. <laughs> and then and you will get something out of it other than like, okay, you did whatever action you needed to do, and then on top of that you heal, and then on top of that you drew a card because you know, fuck me, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Oh god, that was so game game two ended seven five and then we went into game three. Jesus. So game three, the final one to see if Dixon gets swept. This one was wedged, so once again, Pandora's gonna get pretty nasty quick. Tall's gonna get up there quick. There's a very big significant difference. I played what? Well, first the pool was wedge, guard the stash, so you know, sit on the points. Right. Uh, load them up, leave your mark, assassinate, hidden martyrs, and sabotage. Right. And you ended up bringing the Pandora 2, the Tyrant Torn. Or I think you call this list your stunning beauty list. <laughs> <laughs> and then you brought the Poltergeist, Carver, Candy, Dorian, Baby Kate, and Teddy. Yep. So you were not playing around with the beaters in this no, list. I needed, uh, I figured, okay, so last time I had problems because I didn't have enough damage so this time i'm gonna bring two beaters that i can also like slingshot around the room but i didn't have the kurgan this time i i had to do other tricks so that's the reason why i thought of teddy and kate because teddy and I, kate i would argue i would argue you have four beaters in this list because yeah carver and teddy are beaters yeah. but baby kate can just knife things and then candy just can melt things <laughs> I, I i would put kate as a glass cannon not a beater. Yeah. Because, like, he can't take it. He can't take a slap in the face to save his life. It's true. So that's the main reason why. I was like, if people are going to constantly be shooting the baby in the face. So I was like, ah, I, yeah. <laughs> that happened. You did that, too, if I remember correctly. Oh, I did. You're like, why are you shooting this baby? <laughs> like, he's um, right here. <laughs> and I ended up bringing a very similar list. I brought, actually, I think it was the exact same list I brought in game one. Yeah. It was Tall, Dead, Silent. Two walking cannons, King's Wall, Louisa, John, Watson. Um, Watson and Tall both had Leadline Coat, yep. which 
will become important in this one. Uh, so you had the guild lawyer again. I could have switched that out for the mage. Yeah. Maybe I will in the future. That should have been um, that swap because uh, I think you would have won by more points. Let me put it that way. Yeah, because I think it would have taken you a lot more to kill um, my line of scrimmage, if you will. And then I brought two sappers. So my goal in this one was to basically use behind enemy lines to deny and also score me points at the same time. Right. Um, there was a point turn one where I saw you really starting to move up your beaters. I think there was a point where Teddy was almost on the midline. Yes. And that's when I decided to do behind enemy lines to not only move my my two beater, not my beaters, but my front line up with Watson and um, and the King's Wall. But then I also activated the King's Wall to basically charge into your beaters to make sure that was the point they were going to stay for a turn and a half. Yes. Smart. Because I didn't want you in the middle of my whole crew. Yeah, no, I... It, and... This started a long line of Pandora removing whatever you gave me. Like, oh, what condition did he give me? It doesn't matter. It's fast now or it's focused now. This this <laughs> is why Pandora is so annoying because it got to a point where it's like, not only do I not want to put focus on myself, yeah. <laughs> but I also don't want to put conditions on you because then you can just turn it into crap with Pandora 2 specifically. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, if he puts... That's why Pandora is such a mind fuck because you get into the game and you're like, I have to think about even what, like, I have shielding that I can put on some models. I got to think if I even want to put shielding yeah, out. Yeah, because if you put shielding, I can remove it with, with a Pandora 1. But in Pandora 2, you saw that I didn't, I could not remove shielding. So you started spreading that shit out. They had a couple yeah. of models I had it. Oh, that's so annoying. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we end up kind of fighting it, and you do send your beaters into there. Yeah. Um, and the I, King's Wall was able to fend him off for half a turn. That's exactly what I was <laughs> Yeah, I, I finally figure out a very efficient way to take down the wall and take down Watson. And I think I said, it's like, I won the battle, but I think I lost the war because of that. Like, I may have, I may have killed these two, but I think I'm so out of position that I can't score points. Yeah, because I, I mean, I positioned them in a way where Watson and the wall were both within two of a guard, the stash marker. Right. So I was like, I'm going to put them there. If they can survive the end of turn two, they'll at least contest that area while I can start moving the sappers around. I can start move, using the lawyer. I can start using dead silent to go score and deny points. So I kind of used that as like, hold the line and let me try to scrape some points up. Yep. Yep. And also you like teleported the pole. I was hoping that you killed the poltergeist, to be honest. And you teleported him into your crew. And I was like, yes, yes, my point of hidden martyrs. And you never, never killed him. He never got it. He never killed him. I was well, like, well. <laughs> well, well, it was funny, right? Because I, I, in this matchup specifically, I have, I try to hold off Tull's activation until you move the poltergeist into position. Right. Because if you haven't played against Pandora, the poltergeist usually moves up to put the two inch aura of your negative willpower duels. Yep. And I was like, okay, as soon as you do that, I'm going to switch you out with somebody in my crew. Um, so I switched you into like the corner next to one of my guard, the stashes. But then I also moved a sapper over there to basically fight with the poltergeist right. to contest that objective. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, I had to, at one point in time, run the poltergeist all the way to the northeast just to try to get a point. Mm. 
I remember that. And then that's when you did the sapper thing. That's when you did the yep yeah. the sap the sapper is like just falling you around. Yeah, because I was I was sitting. I was like I could go back to the middle and not get a point, or I can go to the east and get a point. And I got a point for one turn. That's because I think I scored the first, the second, and third turn. I scored the point for the strategy, and then never again because you at every yeah. point in time you just tossed a body or reposition them out of place or push them out of yep. position. Like it was just, it was crazy to see Tall not only like survive, but he won the the the, the strategy fight because of that. Because he was just like, I'm a body. I'm in the middle of your your guard stash, so you're not contest. I'm contesting it. And by the way, that other model that you had, you know, he's gone. He's now in the middle of, of my crew. Yeah. So I ended up taking leave your mark in this, right? And I ended up taking hidden martyrs. And it was funny because I was starting to put a lot of scheme markers down, and I could also move them with the cannon. So I was like moving markers like four inches a turn with both the cannons, right? So even the ones in the backfield, I was like starting to kind of creep up the board. Yeah. Um, and it was funny though, because I think there was a point turn two where I had like six marker, six ski markers down. Yes. And you moved up with, I think, was it the poltergeist or Carver that just removed them all? Oh, it was poltergeist. The, 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 don't get me wrong. The Carver did three and the poltergeist did six. And I did, I did two more by like, just like removing it with models and stuff. And I think, I think we counted as like, you had 11. You had 11 yeah. ski markers on the table, and now you have five again. Yeah. How the hell is this happening? And it's like, yeah, you, you're not cheating. You're dropping the right amount. And it's just so shockingly and surprising how efficient he is at dropping ski markers. Yeah, because Toll's dropping like two or three in activation. Luis is probably dropping one or two in activation. Yeah. Uh, the guild lawyer has some triggers to drop it. Right. Um, you have heat I of think battle there's... to drop more. Well, you don't. Yeah, you can drop more through that. Yeah, yeah by doing activations there, yeah. and then um, disrupt supply line a couple of times. I got draw out secrets with that on the sappers, right. so that was good. And <laughs> those sappers, man, they have you. They had to be making you so frustrated in this game. Yeah, that they denied me two points. They denied me two VPs, and I, I just can't believe it. I was like, I was hoping that the sapper was going to kill the. Oh, and and then I mean resources because I I got lucky one of these turns. I think it was like turn two, and after that it was the average. But I did get lucky on one of the turns. I think you only got lucky on turn five, and that was it. That was literally yeah. it. Because like I could have killed Tall. No, it was like turn three or four. You got lucky because Tall didn't die, and then Tall literally yeah. went all the way to the back of the fucking map on on your deployment area so, and healed back up the four. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tull was, yeah, so Tull was in the middle of your crew with, like, Carver was there, Pandora was there, Candy was there. Right. And I and I ended up, I think it was funny because I think it was actually Candy's, like, you activate, take two damage, you know, from, from stun. Yes. So I got stunned. I took a damage. I was like, cool, I'm going to take no damage and go to this marker. Right. And then you activated Carver and tried to hit me. I was like, cool, I'm going to reduce that by two and go to this marker yep. back on my half. And then I activated. I think I ended up switching with a model. And then I did something else. But I ended up kind of in the middle of where my crew deployed. Right. 
and that set me up for turn five. Yeah, like, and you, and you heal back up because like your cannons hadn't yeah. activated, so the cannons were there. Yeah, up and started like, no tea, sir. Tea, take some like, tea, sir. Drink tea, drink tea, <laughs> and more tea, sir. And, and he was back in the fight, and I was like, damn, I was. Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, that positioning for turn five, and the reason why I wanted him there is because this was a close. At that point, I think the game. I had one there, one there, and one there. So I had three, and you were at two at that point. So turn five, it was only three, two. Correct. And I was like, I want Tull there, so when Dixon activates his turn, I can pick the best spot to try to win the game, try to deny him points, try to maybe sneak me another point. Because right. I didn't think I was going to get enough. There was only one opportunity for another point for me, and it was leave your mark. Right. So I was like, I have to kind of just wait because I had, I think, I think there was one scheme hanging out in the middle. So I had to drop two more. Um, so as that last turn started to kind of evolve, you were trying to, I think, score another point from the stash. I think that's what you were trying to do. I, I'm trying to remember. Cause you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you started moving Teddy and Cade to one. I just wanted my third point yeah, Dorian on one. I just want, and yeah, I never got saying. it. I, I got, my last point was the poltergeist was alive and he was engaged. He just had to kill the sapper. No, no, no. He was engaged by the sapper. If I kill the sapper but he had to or kill not, The sapper only had one hit point left. The point is, if I kill the sapper or not, I get a point. Yeah. Because he was a hidden martyr. So a hidden martyr. Oh, look at that. You. Well, no, no, that, that guy wasn't, that guy wasn't a hidden martyr. You already killed the hidden martyr. with Teddy. No, no, no. My poltergeist was my hidden martyr. So that's my third. By the way, that's my third point. My third point was at the end of the game, I couldn't get any other points because your master, again, teleported things around the board and made himself. Well, because I actually didn't kill anything in your crew. I killed a sorrow. I killed a summon sorrow. You killed a summon sorrow that I literally fed you. Like I just like here, have a sorrow to to... drink it. Yeah, because you had to. You had to kill a sorrow to do anything. And you're like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to have to kill the sorrow. Yeah. So the way turn five kind of started, you moved Teddy and you moved Baby Cade into the top left of my strategy marker. So I could switch one of them out, maybe, but I would only get like one crack at it. Mm. You also had the Poltergeist, which whiffed on killing the Sapper, so that one wasn't available. So that means that you needed to score the bottom, or sorry, the middle two strategy markers. So you had Dorian in concealment on one. And you had Candy not activated yet on the other. That was kind of the setup. Teddy and Baby Cade, both of them, blocking line of sight in the third one on your on your west side. Yep. Yeah. So basically, I had to either move Dorian or I had to move Candy. Now, the good news is because of cards drawn, because, hey, this version of, you know, Tall draws cards. I had the red Joker in my hand and I had a 12 in my yeah. hand. So, but I needed two more scheme markers down. There was a sorrow that was right in front of Tall. Yes. So I used Tall's behind enemy lines to switch spots with the sorrow. That dropped a scheme marker within four of the center. And then I positioned Candy. (laughs) I basically was like, cool, now I'm going to focus and I'm going to do the same thing to Candy. And I switched Candy with a cannon that I had up towards the top. Yes. And put another scheme marker down and basically kicked you out of there far enough where you couldn't walk back into it. 
and and that was pretty much GG there. Yeah. It made it four three games. And, and I did try to use my uh, bonus action to teleport in. At this point in the game, I didn't have any stones, so obviously I couldn't teleport back in unless I had luck. Yep, you didn't you didn't get the mask. Right. So I like I flipped it. I was like, well, you got the stun, but it doesn't matter. Good game, man. Like I can't believe he denied me two points of the strategy and two points and gained myself one. Yeah, because you denied me one point of hidden martyrs by just not being able to kill anything. And the yeah. second uh, scheme, I think I got one point, but I can't remember what it was. So you misinterpret. So you did load them up. Oh yeah. So but you picked <laughs> you picked assault markers because you thought it like the other version of toilet dropped assault markers. So I thought this one was gonna do the same thing, and I, and I was gonna bring the the fight so hard into your side that I assume that you were gonna have like six assault markers on your side. I would have picked uh, assassinate if I had the choice, and I still wouldn't have gotten both points. I would have gotten one. You're, that toll is hard yeah. to kill, and I don't mean as in like stability. I mean like this mother f. It's just everywhere. Well, he has stealth, he has concealment, and severe terrain for whatever that's worth. Yeah. And he also can reduce damage to zero with reducing or removing a ski marker, but then that also moves. Yeah. Him, oh, and by the know. way. <laughs> So that's the thing. Like it moves him, so it's four, and then you place him on the other side of it. I mean, that's like five inches of movement. Yeah, yeah. No, he he's insane. Like I probably back in stealth range, which is funny because like we thought that the cavalier, I mean, the artillerist was going to be better than the silent. And honestly, I'm having a ball. Like I, I don't even think. And again, it might be the keywords that I play, so I'm not going to say that he's bad. Yeah, but I didn't. I was not afraid of the artillerist at all. I was like, yeah, he's going to do some damage here and there, but he's not getting points because of it. Yeah, I think if I was able to get triggers, the stun definitely made Artillerist not. So I think yeah. against Pandora, specifically in the Woe Crew, I like Dead Silent more right. because I think there's more tools and the triggers don't matter as much. Right. Toll, the Artillerist, needs not needs the triggers, but he wants those triggers. Mm. If I'm just hitting you with a two four six gun, or if I'm pushing you six and giving out staggered, it's like, yes, those are good, but also you're not getting the triggers that make them like even better. Like that was part of the problem with the artillerist is I couldn't get like the good for a laugh trigger to draw cards. I couldn't, you know, do more ping damage right. or put out focus on my models because I didn't want to put focus on my models. <laughs> That's true. Because your crew's so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, well, it's ridiculous for the condition. There was yeah, you're right. There was literally one time where I slid a, with Tall 2, I slid a ski marker to make it hazardous, but then you have to give focus to a, uh, to a Cavalier model within two. So I literally had to move it away two inches from my Cavalier model because I didn't want you to use it to ping or move my model. Yeah, so it's like, I would literally say, so it's not optional. Are you sure you want to put it there? You're like, Move it slightly no. to the right. No, move it. Because <laughs> you had Carver right there. And Carver was just going to like, like a jerk. <laughs> it, it's kind of funny because like Carver, Carver has gone up in stock. Like his stock has like gone up a little bit uh, ever since Malifaux Burns. Like Malifaux Burns came out and then, and then Carver's now decent. And then Madness of Malifaux comes out and now Carver's good. Like, he's not great, but he's still, he's now good finally. <laughs> well, I I don't know if he was ever bad. I think so. But I mean, I don't think he ever got like a lot of his 10 stones worth. Right. Um, yeah, we we've, we've most of the time I've heard it people are, at least at least 
uh, my group of friends. We think that he's a nine-point model stuck in a ten-point body. Yeah, because I'm just—I mean, looking at him, he has a lot of good like tech picks on right. there. He can put out burning and stuff, yeah. and he also gets rid of focus. So if you have a crew that you know likes to do a lot of focus, that's going to help your hurt your opponent when they bring them and they're next to Carver. Yes. Yeah, I definitely, I think I like Dead Silent into this matchup specifically. I do know the artillery is just still good and there's a lot of matchups you're going to bring. Yeah, I'm not, again, I'm um, not saying the artillery is bad. Like, I still think that he's good, but specifically against Woe, his splash damage didn't do anything because it's an attack action and Incorporeal doesn't give a crap. Uh, his triggers didn't go off because he didn't, he couldn't do triggers. Uh, he couldn't spread the love with like giving out focus because I punished that, the crap out of it, and I remove it at the same time. And like, yeah, it was just, it, it's, he seemed I think Artillerist be, was easier for Pandora to punish. Right. So that's why I told you, it's like, I hope that we get to play more games against Artillerist because uh, I yeah. like the puzzle and I would like to play another crew, maybe to see what the differences are again. Yeah, and something else that I actually forgot about in game two, I forgot about get into position, which actually would have helped a lot. Mm. Um, on Artillerist, get into position, you can pick two friendly models and they get to move up to three. Right. Um, and, and that would have helped get out of some of those stickier situations that I was trying to jostle out of. So that was one thing I was like, okay, I need to remember that. And then, like I said, just his two attacks, well, two out of his three attack actions weren't as great right i feel like once again anything that gives conditions to pandora can be bad <laughs> yeah yeah that seems and be heavy salvo is only good because it pushes you six and you get staggered mm. and pandora just has ways to remove conditions so i was like that's not that great right i mean literally i had a lisa hiding behind a house for heavy salvo it's like heavy salvo is gonna happen i'm gonna remove and it and the the grenade launcher wasn't as good because it pulses out kind of this one damage, but all your stuff being mostly incorporal didn't care about that. So it was like, okay, well that doesn't do much yeah. to you know that model. The best time that you use that cannon, you shot the Polter guys who was within two inches of Pandora and Candy. That was it. That was like the yeah. Best. Toll did Toll did shoot the crap out of the Polter guys. Oh yeah, because yeah. <laughs> like the again the artillerist in that matchup, I guess. He just didn't impress me. I was literally, it was like the least uh, impressive thing in that entire game. But I, I think the most impressive thing was actually his willpower seven. No, because it didn't matter. Remember? There's a couple times you targeted him and you're like, oh, good. He's willpower seven. Uh, yeah, I think I did it once. Uh, yeah, 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 I think I with Pandora, I was like, he had like a focus or something on it. I forgot what it was. He had a condition and I targeted with him Pandora. And I was like, all right, yeah. uh, I get straight uh, against you. What do you have? And then you're like, I'm willpower seven. I'm like, oh, of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. Of course uh. you are. Uh, but yeah, like I, I was not after. Uh, I think it was like turn two. I was. I just stopped worrying about him and I played my game and I tried to figure out, you know, if I could like dissect your crew. But it's it's really hard, especially the 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 mage, gilded mage in that crew because a hero battle just makes the wall. I want to say three times harder to kill. You healed an absurd Probably. amount. You healed. You did. Like, a, a, oh, I think it was something like nine health in one turn. Something. Yeah. He he was going up and down pretty good. Yeah. And I was <laughs> not for lack of trying. Like, I, that's the reason why I brought all those beaters that were fast. Because uh, I still can't believe that I picked that stupid scheme. 
Like I should have picked something else. <laughs> like load them up. Ugh, that was dumb of me. Yeah, I mean, and it ended up being a four or three game, so it was a tight game. Like it came down to the last activation. It did. It did. It was. It was. Uh, I. I mean, I'm trying to figure out if I could have done something, but I couldn't think of anything uh, because of you did a good job of, of forcing uh, Toll basically to be the second to last activation of the last activation. And he is such a month. He was he was basically Guild's version of Colette. And I believe it. Like, I look at the actions. I was like, yeah, no, this is not a performer. This is a like a scout. This is a scout doing god's yeah. work yeah and and i'm telling you man like i haven't even played around too much with the guns okay i can see situations where you have like a so i actually wish in in game two right. i wish i had this version of tall to kill out your effigy yes because i i would have teleported over there and i would have just shot the crap out of your like, effigy until he died focus boom <laughs> boom um but also fog of war i'm starting to get some dirty ideas for that because if you go against the right crew with that and you get no man's land trigger where it the marker pulses out a two inch hazardous terrain imagine doing that to like an underbrush marker for titania oh lord oh my god i would have been so because <laughs> it's only for me just right in the middle of your crew it's hassles only to me right yeah enemy models yeah only then maybe yeah Oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. And your marker's non-destructible, so unless you have the, what, the pig to remove it, I, that's the only way you could remove it? I have it. to push it. And every single time I yeah, push you, it, you could push if it. it passes near my models, because the thing is that because it's a marker and because it counts as terrain now, uh, it's not like a model where, like, if you push a model, the aura doesn't do damage. So this does damage. Yeah. This literally, if I were to move it with Titania... It will hurt every one of my models that it passes through. Like that's how stupid that is. <laughs> yeah, and then also I was pretty happy with smoke bomb as a bonus action for dead silent um, because you can move your models around a little bit, but then you also can just heal a model twice. You know, for two. Right. Um, if you get quick reflexes, you can do it twice, so you can heal you know another model too as well and push models around, but. Reconnaissance is actually pretty cool because you can look at cards again. Of either player's fake deck. Yeah. Yeah. So you can look at your own and, you know, discard a non-joker, yeah. or you can look at your opponents and discard a non-joker. Say what you will about... I usually look at... Yeah, say what you will about, like, my score, but it was kind of funny that I did not learn what your uh, your triggers were the entire, like, three games. I did not know yep. what your triggers were. <laughs> Well, and I think that's something you need to realize when you play against Pandora is you want to bring stuff that you like if you get a trigger, that's nice. Right. But you want models that are going to be good with no triggers because half the game you're not going to have a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or bring a tech piece like the uh, like the old whatchamacallem, the old uh, sorry, I got to look at them, the sappers that don't care about that kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, I don't care about, you know. Your AOEs and stuff. MVP. I'm pretty sure there's more matches where the sappers are like like MVPs, but there were the MVPs of them and Loiza. They both well, got you so many points. I think I think even if they're not MVP status, yeah. there's not going to be many games where they're bad. Correct. Right? Because it's just it's a solid model. Yeah. Like the six inch trench gun's fine. Um, disrupt supply line. If you look at the top two cards and see some weeks, 
you know, go ahead and do that. Try to have them discard some cards. Um, exploit weakness, just auto drawing a five to get heat of battle. They're just, they're really good. Like I was, I thought, and it's funny because they were talking on, um, on the students of conflict podcast, they were talking about tall and, uh, they were, they were talking about how the sappers are just good. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, the rocketeer is where the money is, but after playing them, yeah, I like the rocketeer, yeah. but saving two stones, you really get, I think more out of these guys, these, the, uh, sappers than you do the rocketeer. Dude, they, they, I mean, I cannot stress enough points, you know, the whole points for prices thing. These guys get you points. Like they're not, yeah. they're not a big threat. And they do their job, and they do the job so efficiently that, you, like, people are like, "I have to kill them, but I can't actually go for that because there's the wall and this and this. Like, there's too much." Well, my problem with the so, and I think this is just something to kind of keep in mind when you're using a rocketeer, is my problem with them is, in my mind, I'm kind of treating them like, you know, a zip crew, right? Where they're fast, mobile, have up we go. Yeah. But the problem is they don't have stealth, so it's not like the Zapper. Right. They don't have the concealment off of exhaust, which is kind of funny because they have a jetpack, so you think they'd have it. Exactly. <laughs> and they they have armor one, but they only have seven hitboxes. They're pretty easy to kill. They're, they're the mosquito without concealment. Literally. Yes. You look at them clearly, you're like, okay, they're the mosquito without concealment, and they draw cards with heat of battle if you're playing silent, or they do an action. Like it's either or because they get either better showboating with silent or they just straight up do whatever they want for a card. Yeah. So the the Rocketeer is still good, right? but I feel like there's a couple points in the game where they're vulnerable. And if your opponent wants to kill them, they will. Um, Up we go is great. But if you start, so if I brought that into the covert ops, one that we did in game three, yeah, I could throw some models out, but I think I'd only get one or two shots at that, and then you just kill the model. Yes. Yes, very true. Very, very, very true. Because uh, the... I mean, stealth. Stealth alone is an ins- insanely good defense, but duck and cover. You can't blast into them. You can't pulse into them. You can't shock whip into well, that, them. That's what I, well, that's what I was saying, yeah. is like, usually with a stealth model... Right. You can throw a blast on them or you can, you know, put a shockwave out. And that's how you usually kind of start killing those models. But yeah, looking at the sapper, that duck and cover just makes it even where basically you had to send a 10 stone beater over there to kill it. That's true. That's true. Like anybody, I had had to send a Teddy. It took Carver out of the game. Teddy. And Teddy. No, no, no. It was was Carver. For the 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 sapper? So the one. What did Teddy hunt down? That left. Teddy hunted down Loiza. Okay. Teddy killed, you know, Watson. Teddy killed something else. Teddy was like a wrecking machine. He was scooting all over Teddy the Teddy went around the table. That was the funny part. Like he literally went around the table. Well, not not around. I think he if this is the if this is square right, if you're looking at my screen, he went uh from here to here to down here to across to up to the corner. Like literally, that was his path the entire game. And he killed like 25 points a model, something stupid. He killed a bunch of models. He didn't kill the yeah. wall. <laughs> yeah, that was, and that, I mean, like you said, he was your MVP that game. Yeah. He did, he did the Lord's work. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Um, 
Photon asked us, so obviously we haven't talked about the Hexbows, but Dixon, what's your thought about the Hexbow model in Cavalier? Because some people love them. So, I mean, I was going to talk to, uh, I was going to talk about that. Thank you, Photon. Uh, it's surprising that we didn't see a reason to, to actually get a, a Hexbow into the cruise. I think again, it's because of the matchup. Uh, when we so. played this keyword again, because we definitely want, I want to, I personally want to play against it again because I, I want to throw more of my competitive keywords into it because I want to figure out the, the the way to scalpel it out. And it gives Pete, like, significant practice, at least against Neverborn, but also to, like, just adapt. Because I'm assuming yeah. that that's what you're doing now. You're like, okay, I'm not going to see this all the time, but how the hell do I get out of this? And you're just learning your crew, yeah. right? Like, so survival so far, you are, like, getting A+, plus, sir, because neither time did your master die. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you did kill the artillerist, I think, turn five. Did I? Because uh. he was sitting in your little severe terrain, and it was literally like, if I activate him, he Yeah, dies. and I was like, just die. Just fucking die. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the Hexbow, I do think the Hexbow has its matchups. Yeah. I actually like the Hexbow better than the Rocketeer. Yeah. Um, I, same. So it ignores friendly fire, which is good. It has running gun, which is really mm. good. You can basically get a suit on an attack unless your opponent wants to discard a card which if they do great hopefully they're within six of the guild mage right and they have a built-in tome so you're putting out burning i think really what it came down to with the hexpo is i was like okay once again conditions are bad i don't want to put them on pandora's crew because you got to think when you play against pandora conditions are a resource for pandora so if you're putting out conditions you're helping pandora correct correct <laughs> So that was my first thought. Uh, the second one is Fistful of Arrows is really good on the Hexbow. However, the splash damage wasn't going to do a lot against incorporal models. Because if I hit Min and then I splash onto some stuff, incorporal models are going to take no damage. I mean, this guy ignores incorporeal, which is honestly why I thought that you were going to bring one, but you never did. And does he ignore it? Yeah, he does. His blessed bow ignores incorporeal. Oh, he does. Yeah. So you okay, might, that's an overlook on my right, right. So you might have just like overlooked that the first time when you're looking at the model. I did. I absolutely but, did. I didn't see that. You know, the bold text that says incorporeal, I didn't see but it. Like <laughs> I, I saw more value in the specific matchup with the sapper that I assumed you're taking two sappers instead of one hex bow on the silent. Because I honest to God thought that you were gonna bring at least one hex bow with the silent. Because you get to do heat up like you can park them with the guild mage behind the guild mage with like a like a ski marker right in front of him and he could just you know start yeah. chucking arrows left and right from back there yeah so i can definitely see bringing him in the future right um i think honestly i would have tried him in game three if i would have recognized ignoring corporal yeah, that's what i thought that you were um, doing because then i i could see i could see a world where you try to use him to maybe snipe out the uh, poltergeist Again, but I, I, against Pandora, against Pandora two, I probably still wouldn't do that because I don't want you summoning it back. <laughs> so I was counting on that, and that was smart of you because I was expecting you to kill the poltergeist instead of like teleporting him away from you. Because as soon as, soon as yeah. I saw that, I was like, he just doesn't want to kill the poltergeist. He just wants to make the poltergeist useless. That sucks for me. And honestly, <laughs> I didn't. And honestly, something else. And this is kind of. I think it goes back to playing against Pandora. Right. I wasn't trying to outfight you in any of these games. Right. Like I was trying to outposition you and I was trying to out attrition you, but I don't think 
besides cursed objects, obviously. Right. I the other two games I wasn't trying to outkill you. I was just like, I'm going to make it as inconvenient for you to score your points right. and I'm going to go get mine. If I switched that and I was like, okay, I'm gonna try to fight you. If I, because I think when you see your crews revealed and you have to try and anticipate this when you're building your crew, you have to try and anticipate, okay, am I going, if I'm going to be the beater, can I destroy this crew? And playing against Pandora, there's so many times where your activations get nerfed and you thought you were coming in with a hammer, but then it gets turned into a nerf bat. Right. And you're sitting or hitting something and you're doing nothing. Right, 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 right. I think that happens a lot against Pandora. So I think unless you, unless I was playing something just like Nikima, where it's like, I just have beaters that they don't care. They don't need triggers. Dashel. Then sure, I would be the killer. Yes, Dashel. But in this situation, I was like, hey, my min damage kind of sucks yeah. on a lot of these models. I mean, I, I don't think there's a, even your master is like min two damage. Yes. You're not going to kill a Pandora crew with min two damage. Yeah, most of the time you're gonna do one zero if I get lucky. But in other matchups where it's like, yeah, I can straight up just yep. murder the crap out of this crew, I, I would definitely bring a Hexbow. They're good. Um, I think I was just planning on not doing as much damage because I'm like, I mean, look at how much I had to do to kill and cursed objects. I had to, I had to like slowly nuke down your your dang thing. I barely killed the Poltergeist. Barely. Um, yeah it was funny to see that because i was like you would think that a master would be able to take out the poltergeist in one shot but it was it was not that easy like you had to take no i needed i think i needed two and i think one of them was a focus shot right yeah and even then it was like yeah that's my entire activation as a master is i killed a totem like the hell am i gonna do well yeah i did a focus shot i got like four damage which brought it down to like one health yeah and then I did min two barely to drop it. Something it. like that. It was, it was, it was like, yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, it's just not. It's not efficient at dealing down heavy loads of damage. It just fights. It fights and it brawls but, out. And but that's what I'm saying. That's why tall is such an interesting keyword because you can build it out to fight. So if the matchup's there, yeah, just go ahead and fight it out and kill stuff. Mm. And then there's other ones where it's like just hold the line. Like, just try to slow your opponent down with the wall, Watson, and Guildmage. Okay. And then go get your points basically everywhere else. I can definitely I can definitely attest that that was, like, the most efficient way for you to play, especially this matchup. Because I, I came in, like, I have my... These guys are going to get me points, and these guys are going to kill. And they, they did that. They did that very efficiently. I, I think I won the Attrition War every single game, but I lost the game. Yeah, it basically, I think in all of the games, yeah. except for game three, I, I think game three was just a more interesting back and forth. But, defi but definitely game one, two, and part of three, I'll say, it almost took you either a half turn or a full turn or two longer than you needed to kill stuff. Yeah, because uh, Loiza, especially, Loiza is so fast. By the way, a, a cool trick that we learned in this game is Candy doesn't need to do the the teleporting to your crew, which is a reason why you separated Loisa from your crew immediately after that. I hit it with, yeah. I think it was either Pandora or Candy, with self-loading, and Loisa has a, a melee action that basically teleports her into the target. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So from like 10 inches away, I hit Loisa on her willpower and teleported into the middle of, her, of your crew. 
it took me like yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah, after he did that in basically, I think he did it in game two, maybe. Yeah, I did it in two, and then never again uh, was I able to do well, that. Well, that's because I, I booked it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yep, like, not keeping her anywhere near my crew. is never going to be near my crew ever again. And you did a good job about that. Turn th- game three, I remember you booked it all the way to the, like, Again, if this is a square, you went from like here all the way to the corner of the down here. And then I had to, that's when Teddy went whoop, whoop. <laughs> Turn three, because I revealed that the sapper over on the left side of the board right. was my other hidden martyr. Right. So you were gearing Teddy up to go kill him. Yes. So I was like, okay, we're not going to do this. So I switched, I basically switched places with Teddy and Tall. So Teddy was now closer to Luisa. And Tall went over towards my sapper. Right. Yes. I was like, you can have Louisa if you want, but I'm going to try to preserve my hidden martyr point, which didn't end up happening, but it was a good move. You put Teddy also in a uh, forest, which was important because (laughs) he doesn't ignore terrain. So he was like bumbling his way out of there. (laughs) Oh, trees. Yeah. So I had to to activate, what's his face? Uh, Dorian. Dorian had to activate to yeah. push him out a little bit. Uh, then Pen- then he had to move him also because Dorian can, can do two movement shenanigans outside of activation. He can do disapproving glance yep. and he can do uh, the dance thingy. That's two inches. But the dance, if I remember correctly, only works on, on whoa. So I pushed him out with disapproving glance. I put myself in the position, activated Pandora, gave him fast, and just let him loose. And even that, Loisa lived with two life. I was like, yeah. Jesus, this woman. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, she's good. Yeah, because basically Teddy had to chase her down. Yeah, I got. I only got three attacks on her because one action was to walk and then after that charge, flurry fast. And yeah. she lived. Like I had, I beat you in all three. Like I hit you all three times uh, for either moderate or, or weak. Not, none, none of the attacks were, were severe. But still, she has armor one, defense six. That's insane. <laughs> she is so damn yeah. good at not taking physical damage. Yeah, and her stupid uh, take off or ride off, whatever her stupid <laughs> six inch push is, is so good. As, uh, and she just drops a scheme at the end of it or interacts, which is good for Carl. Because why not? <laughs> um, so, Dixon, in this matchup, wrapping up this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I think I think we no, you're good. I think we both can agree that Tull probably has the advantage in this matchup, Absolutely. even though the conditions are annoying. Absolutely. Like I, I I'm not very I, I should be more upset, but I'm not. I, I am actually very excited to play against him again. Yeah. yeah. Mostly because of, of how difficult the 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 puzzle is. Let me put it that way. I wanna figure yeah. out there's gotta be a silver bullet or something for this crew. It's so it's so impressive how how resilient they are and how good they are scheming. Yeah, I think if uh, if I go against this crew, I try to have a ranged option in my crew that I can hopefully snipe out the guild mage. Yeah, yeah. So because the guild mage is going to have two shields, but besides that, I think it's only like six hit points. Correct. So if you have a really good gun on a model or a good ranged attack, I should say. Mm. Or if you have something that can kidnap. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if I was doing a mirror match, I would bring Dead Silent and just try to kidnap their guild mage with a crappy model so or something. Basically, it, that's what when we say scalpel a model out, that's what we mean. We, meaning yeah. like it could be a melee attack from like, you know, you can teleport in and then do a melee attacks or whatever. 
if you have to figure out a way to take out that model as efficiently as as quickly as you possibly can and there's this is the second crew in guild where i see that where the guild mage is just like you need to you need to take this out priority number one yeah because otherwise you're just wasting actions trying to kind of go into i and i will say besides perdita this is the best crew that i've seen the guild mage in in guild yeah photon there's other times where it's okay but yeah photon mentioned him in witch hunter and honestly I, i would like to see him but i don't know if Inputting fires is as good as just. I think he was talking. I think he was talking about hex bows in Witch Hunter. That's, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. I guess I kind of like did a deep cut, but basically, yeah. Like I, I, I think Cavalier models outside of keyword are just as good in hex bows, especially. Mm-hmm. I think in Witch uh, Hunter. I, I mean, you can put Watson anywhere, right? Is there anything that stops yeah, Watson mean- from being good in every single uh, keyword? Or Loiza? So Loiza, you can't do the hop-on um, trigger. Oh. So the hop-on trigger says Cavalier. So it's like, okay, you can't quite do like a ride with me effect. Gotcha. Um, as far as Watson, though, no. You, any of those abilities, um, I'm going to check yeah. just real quick. Because there might be one trigger, but I don't think so. Also, is... you monster, you didn't bring Judd and Honey. Although honestly, that there's no reason for you to bring Judd and Honey. I think I would only bring Judd and Honey if I need to blow to hell or something. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong; they're really good at healing uh, in Bayou, but you have the Guild Mage. That's the main reason. Now, the main problem that I saw with Judd and Honey in in the Guild version of Cavalier is there's like four other models that are better at this job. <laughs> like I don't know. So. <laughs> The only thing that Watson can only do to uh, Cavalier is the trigger for his heal. Um, okay. The take two and call take two of these and call me in the morning. Gotcha. That's Cavalier only. That's Cavalier only. Got it. So that's it. Yep. And he's an enforcer, so he would die to a stiff breeze. Is that? Yeah, I, I and I think we saw that kind of when I tried to bring him out of keyword with Barker. It's like he was an okay healer. But for eight points out of keyword, I don't know how good that Tracking. is. Okay, so that actually explains a lot more why is it that you would not bring him out. Loiza, though, we we can yeah. agree both that there's no reason not to bring this model every, every other crew, right? So if you have, so obviously if you have something like breakthrough or spread them out, she can run spread them out by herself. Is there any model um, that's better than her in guild? Because I don't think there is. As far as like scheming, yeah, 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 exactly what you said for breakthrough, and you know. So I think I think I would say the answer is no because she's more durable than those models. Okay, fair. But the only thing I would say is that paying nine stones out of keyword, I would make sure you get your points because if you don't, then you're wasting nine stones. Like if you do nine stones and your opponent can somehow neutralize her. Mm. You that's a big waste if you can't get your points off of her. Okay. Um, so just be careful because if you're spending that much to have a scheme runner, you really need to make sure you're getting your points there. Well, I I mean I gladly pay them for the first mate. What do you have any examples of another model that would be more first matey than her, or that would not be that would be worth less points? I don't know. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I, I I'm very curious what the mentality is for a guild player, and I know that you're just a, a new guild player. Well, my problem is the first mate can also kill stuff. She can't really kill stuff. That's true. Like she does one, she does one three four damage. Yeah. 
you hit that min, that just feels bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like you do catch in the treads if you need to like disengage her and get a mask and then move three and keep moving. Right. Um, I don't think you want to be in a position where you're trying to kill another schemer with her because I don't think you're going to, I think you're going to waste too many actions doing that and then you're not winning. I did not think about that. She is awful at killing other scheme runners. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you get, unless you get moderate or severe. So you get, you got to get lucky because you're probably going to hit the one. And if you're just sitting there trying to kill something, it's kind of like, what am I doing here? Like I should be doing more important things. Huh. I wonder what else people use then for scheme runners because I couldn't think of one. I like went through the list and nothing really came up. Like Louis, are you talking about one that is just like? Are you talking about like first mate level? No, I mean, I it's really hard to say that, but like I think Louisa is within that range, as in like she can teleport. Because Manos go. would be a good example. Who? Manos. No, no, no. I'm talking about guilt. Guilt. Oh, yeah. well, no, Manos. I thought you were saying in other factions. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about as a guild player, you. I know that we're trying to close out. Sorry. Like, I, I can hold oh, this good. question out for for some other day. No, we're here. We're here. We're here. <laughs> yeah, Photon mentions Mounted Guard. That's an absolutely monster of a model, too. Yeah, the Mounted Guard The mounted guard is, I'd say it's less survivable, but it when you kill it, you end up getting another model, so it's still survivable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's also... Yeah, the mounted guard is really good. That's a good one. Yeah, I I personally used to use uh, Sly when I was playing Kin about a, Sly's okay. a year and a half ago, and I just saw him on the list in Guild, and I remember I say, "Oh yeah, this one is a Guild model," <laughs> but nobody ever used him. Yeah, right. Apparently, he just dies to a stiff breeze to a lot of people. I mean, Flinch is insane in my opinion. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, like Sly is good. I I like Sly. I don't know about out of keyword though. Huh. Well. I, I guess he said it, I mean, between you and Photon, you both have, have said, like, key reasons why. Yes, these are good, really good. I mean, Undercover Reporter is pretty good. Undercover Reporter is pretty good. Uh, he is very... Have you, have you noticed less people are bringing him now? Like, yeah. I thought, like, early in, in, like, this... I feel like early on, he was really good. Right. And now I feel like a lot of people aren't bringing him as much. Yeah, the stock of a lot of models has changed drastically. That's But it's still a good, it's still a good model. Yeah, yeah. He went from an incredible model to a good model. Like, that's the thing. That's the weird part. Like, he went down. Whereas Carver went up, some models that were, like, incredible went down. Even the... the why, do you, why do you think he went down? Uh, because he's not as useful. Like, what are you going to swap out? Most people are play, are bringing in enforcers and, and henchmen. That's fair. Yeah, even you. So you're well, he's an enforcer. I mean, so yeah, yeah, but he can't no longer do the trick unless you bring a, a minion, and not many crews being good minions. Like he could do it to one of your sappers. That's, that's fair. Yeah, one of your sappers. That's, that's I'm gonna fair. swap out one of your sappers with the undercover reporter. How valuable is that? Now, is that still good? Hell yeah, it's good. But is it as necessary now as it was two years ago? Uh, the only other model I would probably suggest that's a good scheme runner that a lot of people don't think about right. is actually a, a hunter in guild. Oh my lord, you're right. So out of augmented, it's a super survivable model. It actually can put out decent damage. And he's only and it's pretty fast. He's only nine points, right? I don't know. Yeah, nine stones out of keyword. Yeah, it does. I mean, he oof. eight stones feels better, but it's still doable at nine if you really feel like your opponent can't deal with armor. Yeah, you're right. If he's armor two, yeah, if if and it's not that hard to actually get that. If your opponent cannot deal with armor two, which 
is actually very common for people to have a problem with. His metal claws can do minimum damage three with critical strike. So you're right. Yeah. He can take out other scheme runners fairly easy. So if I'm playing against something like, for example, if I'm playing against Zoraida, mm -hmm. I, I keep the hunter actually in the back of my head because the hunter is fast. It does damage. And if they butterfly jump with Silurids, you can transfer power to yourself to push two inches to get another attack on them. <laughs> or you could shoot them with the harpoon gun if you really wanted to. Yeah. I mean, it's the same damage trick, right? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of nifty tricks. And then I think it's um, they have deadly pursuit, which is really good, too, at end of turn. True, 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 true. So the hunter's good. Like, I, I know Hoffman players are like, oh, yeah, the hunter is great. But there's been times where, obviously, I'm getting more into guild now. Yeah. But I can see matchups where it's like, you know, the hunter out of keywords, not terrible. Yeah. So, okay, so you have Mounted Guard, Hunter, and Loiza, and they're all yeah. fairly equal in their point costs, right? Yeah, they're about the same. Yeah, they're point all the cost. same. They're the exact same point costs. Yeah. Holy crap. So, will something for guild players think about? And that's insane because, like, I would, I would think that out of the three, the Mounted Guard is a better one, period, end of story. Now, the Lone Marshal. Oh. Is definitely I would classify that some bitch as as like a murder machine. Can he run? Yeah, I don't think you want. I don't think you want to be in a world where you're dropping scheme markers with the lone marshal. You want to be taking pop shots. Yeah, you want to start murdering things like that. Thing. You want to put bodies in the ground. Yeah, he's what ten points outside the keyword, and he's just like yeah. stat seven gun that ignores concealment. I was like, my god, yep. this guy is just. Oh yeah, he's, he's brutal. Yeah, yeah. So no, like I would say, mounted guard is the most efficient. Uh, at killing out of all the scheme runners loiza is the most efficient at just getting the job done so i i will say louisa drops more schemes Correct. because once per turn she can do it after her little push yep. and then you can basically move interact and then move again yep. off of heat of battle yep. so a lot of opportunity to really kind of spread them out and get going. That, that's what i call getting the job done because like she yep. will get a number of schemes active. Like, okay, so if we have spread them out, leave your mark, like breakthrough, like you can name so many, right? And she, yep. it, they're live. They're live because Loisa is live. If you have the mounted guard, yep. the mounted guard is, in my opinion, more like, okay, so that's a breakthrough and possibly, you know, take out a, a long distance uh, running away hidden martyr. It's like, oh, What's this hidden martyr with? The model that's on the opposite end of the table. Mounted guard, <laughs> get him. <laughs> and what would you do for the for the, the the giant robot? The giant robot would be like, I want to grab the the strategy, uh, the guard the stash. I want to grab the stash. Yes, the robot, so. he he wants to do he wants to do guard the stash, and then you could get an easy breakthrough that way too, yes. or an easy sabotage. Correct, correct, correct. Because that's that's what he does. He's very efficient at that, and. He's so hardy that and he can him. kill and he can kill a scheme runner on the way. That's why yeah, I like yeah. him because you can send him to do it and take out a scheme runner and then go keep doing it. Yes, and and he's hardy enough that you have to send a beater, like a dedicated beater or two, yeah. to take him out. Oh yeah, like even the even the first mate would have a tough time killing this in one activation. Fuck even with crit strike. That we just talked about uh, a teddy bear running the table, and the teddy bear would have a significant problem trying to kill this stupid thing. Maybe if you, maybe if you didn't put burnout on him, I mean, a fast teddy bear is terrifying because that means you get four swings on. Yeah, a minimum damage one though, because my damage strike becomes one one uh, uh, four. 
against you or one two four against this thing. Yeah, one two four. Yeah, one two four against this thing. So like that's my issue. Like, oh, so I have to hit him seven times? <laughs> yep. You have to hit severe. Yeah, you have to hit severe <laughs> twice. And and that's a significant amount of resources. Even if I'm attacking four times. I'm sorry. That's true. Well, I think we're gonna leave it there, Dixon. We got a lot of good stuff. Excited for our next one when we uh do bass versus uh the angler keyword so we'll see how that goes yep um i think it'll be a more interesting this one was interesting but i think it's more even like ability and action wise i think the angler and the bass keyword i think are more equal like they both have good and bad things about them weaknesses i should say and strengths whereas i feel like tall does not have a lot of weaknesses no man he is strong all over like his biggest weakness is he doesn't do heinous amounts of damage oh no yeah i think on the, especially on the low end they have some splashy on the high end right but you can't depend on that obviously when you're playing um against an equal opponent yep. so definitely something to keep in mind when you're playing tall but i think until next time make sure that you guys are flipping cards flipping tables and we will see you all later Bye.